When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. This will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I really liked. I'd hit a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and call to the town guards. They have more than 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything. You need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want, every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram. No Maxime today, but with me per usual, my boy, producer Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? MT, let's uh, get the obvious thing out of the way. So with no master of all things sound or video, I don't have a video and my sound sounds like shit. So F you, Maxime, for not being here. But also, (laughs) we have a whole new series, MT. I feel like I have new life, dude. How are you? Uh, All is right in the world, at least until tomorrow. And we we see how game four goes. But um, yeah, feeling much better. Still holding true to my prediction of Warriors in six. Um, it's just going to take a little different route. It's going to be lose the first two, sweep the next four. It's such a ballsy ass prediction now. You know, like before, Warriors and Six was almost like the respectful move. Like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> we got to take the King serious. We're going to at least win two. Now it's, yeah, fuck you. We're going to win four in a row, and we have no respect for you. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and I tell you what, my my mentality. I'm such a psychopath. When they were losing. If I had a button that could have just canceled the rest of the playoff games until the Warriors played again, I would have pressed it a thousand times. Like, I, I couldn't watch anything. I couldn't read anything. People were texting me about, like, their games, and I, I had to hold back from being like, why are they playing other games? Who gives a shit? Let's just go beat Sacramento. So much better place, and so much so I can actually ask this now. I would have avoided it. How worried were you? You know, going into that game three, how concerned were you? And at what point did you allow yourself to unclench your butt cheeks during game three? 
Um, I was pretty worried. I mean, you know, you're down 0-2. Uh, we we played terrible on the road, but still, um, you know, we're, you're down 0-2, and then you we don't have Draymond, and GP2, you know, gets sick and is out too. So I was definitely worried. Um, but I would say the unclenching probably happened um, about midway through the third quarter. Just, you know, like you could, you could tell that, the Kings were off. Um, De'Aaron Fox was still having a good game and Sabonis was having a quiet, quietly good game, at least on the rebounding end. But when Herter and Monk aren't hitting shots, um, you know, like we'll we'll, we'll let um, Fox and, and Harrison Barnes try to beat us all day. So I think as long as we can contain the peripheral guys, like every time freaking um, what's the dude's name that guards Steph, the dude from uh, Baylor. Davion. Yeah, Mitchell? every time he hits a three, I just scream at my TV because he's a terrible shooter, he terrible percentage throughout the season, and he just comes in and starts hitting them against us. So um, as long as we can keep those peripheral players from hitting, I, I felt good about it. And midway through the third quarter, I was like, okay, this this game is going to be okay. Dude, watching Davion Mitchell hit threes is like watching a, a bear tap dance. You know, <laughs> like we were like camping and they're like, look, you don't have to worry. As long as the bear doesn't tap dance, you'll be totally fine. Oh, we're to-. And then the motherfucker starts tap dancing and you lose your goddamn mind. Um, exactly. <laughs> I, I will take the question backwards. When did I relax? I didn't write it down, but there was a shot that Steph hit, you know, one of those kind of quintessential 40 foot uh, bombs that Steph hit that put us up 15. Um, and in fact, videos, not only of the shot, but the Sacramento reaction kind of made its way around social media. And you can see Sacramento's shoulders slumped. And that's when I finally was like, all right, we got this one. How worried was I? Weird roller coaster, man. Um, going into the game for who knows what reason, maybe some kind of like defensive shell. I was calm and confident. I was like, oh, here we go. And then the news of GP2 being out. Um, was released and I freaked out. I was like deep in my feelings and all pissy before it even started. So thank God they pulled it. Um, let's look back a little bit more and then start looking towards game four. Uh, let's hop into our glass half full. Look back at that last game for me and give me something you like or you don't. Uh, since I've already been talking, I'll keep the mic. Something I like, having playoff Steph back in my life again, man. Uh, the realization that every game the Warriors play in, Steph Curry will be the best player on the floor is so fucking satisfying. And watching him not panic and calmly be brilliant is such a phenomenal reminder of why the dynasty was built and why, you know, we don't have to surrender to the shitburger kings. So, yes, man, Steph Curry is the first one I'll start with. What do you got? Um, my half full is just Kavon Looney. He's always showed up big for us in the playoffs and, you know, having 20 boards and nine assists, um, is just amazing. You know, he's, he keeps, gives us so many second chances and just, um, is such a big presence in the paint. It's just crazy to think that he started off as a skinnier dude. He still can't jump off the ground, but, um, you know, skinny dude with hip problems and to see where he is now, it seems like he's 45 years old as long as he's been with the Warriors. But, um, you know, he's just, he's clutch for us. And, um, you know, they kept saying like, we don't have championships without, uh, Draymond, which is true, but I think you could say you don't have some of those at least last year's without, uh, Looney as well. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, shit. Two things about Kevon Looney. One, I can't believe that you gave us two stats 
but you didn't give us the four stat on 420. Kevon Looney went for 420 at four points and 20 rebounds. Um, <laughs> also during the game, you know, I'm, I'm tweeting hyperbolically. I'm always taking things way too hard. And at one point I, I tweet out Kevon Looney is going to be in my will. And I've never been like more proud of him. I'm like looking at it and it's not getting the kind of reaction that I'd like it to get. And then I look <laughs> a little bit closer and I spelled it Kevin. And I was mortified, like trying to be like, uh, look how important of a Warriors fan I am. And then immediately broadcast to the world that I apparently don't know his first name. Um, wasn't my best of moments. <laughs> Something else I liked, Moody. You know, we, we spent the whole preseason and then flashes during the regular season talking about how high his floor is. And then right when, you know, you give up and you think he won't be able to do anything for us during the year, he comes in and gives us real moments, real minutes in a playoff game, a must-win playoff game. So Moody deserves some credit. I'll give you one thing I don't like. I, I don't know if the league is preventing them from de- – the, the fact that the Warriors get into the bonus early and then refuse to go to the rack. It's like the second they go to the bonus, they're like, all right, now only three-pointers. Like, that's all we can take. I, you know, thank God they pulled it out. Apparently the, the game plan worked. But watching their refusal to go to the lane after we get the Kings in foul trouble is going to cost me years off my life. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty frustrating, especially because they don't have any interior presence. Like, I don't like Wiggins would ha- drive to the basket and get right there and then do the spin fadeaway. And I was just like, just keep going. They're either going to foul you, which is yes. another thing because he's not a great free throw shooter, but. You know, just keep going. Like Sabonis is either going to foul you or you're going to score. He's not like uh, he's not Mutombo down there. So it's, <laughs> it's definitely frustrating. Um, to just to add to that, and I was I didn't really want to say this out loud. I feel like it's kind of the unspoken agreement. But in the whistle, the whistle may have been in our favor a little bit in Game Three. And to watch the refs seemingly help us and put them in the bonus, and then the Warriors being like, "Nope, we don't want your fucking help. We'll just shoot threes. You know, I was a little frustrating again, but they won. So we don't have to jump down that rabbit hole too deep. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm going to go um, half empty is just um, <clears throat> to Michael Green's play. Like, I understand we need him in there for size, but um, it's just been just so not what we anticipated to get from him. He was, you know, he's been a solid role player in the other teams he's played for. And for some reason, it's just not clicking here. Um, you know, so I was just frustrated. I was happy to see, you know, Lamb get some minutes in there just to counteract it. Um, but it's just, it's, it's frustrating because Jamichael Green's a better player than how he's playing with us right now. Especially when JK is not getting minutes. If we're going to have some experimental minutes from a big man or pseudo big man, I'd prefer they go to Kaminga, you know, give him more of a playoff taste. And Kaminga is the only guy who can match their athleticism. So maybe yeah. we go in that direction. Uh, all right, let's jump into our golden questions. This is where we basically have a mailbag. As you know, man, they uh, always talk about the Warriors. They occasionally get personal. This one does both. And here's our first. How would you grade the Chase Center crowd? So I, I've been critical of them, I was going to say, all year since the building's been built. So I'll let you go first, man. What do you think? How how'd we do? Um, I mean, it's hard to tell from TV. Uh, so... 
you know, I, I will reserve judgment until I get to go to the game. I'm lucky enough. Uh, we're going to get to go to game four. So we'll give listeners, um, you know, some some reactions from a playoff game at Chase Center. Um, but yeah, it's it seemed like it was loud. Um, it did not seem like it was as loud and raucous and energetic as um, the Kings, you know, center. So, you know, it seemed like we didn't quite get to that same level that they did. But, um, you know, we have a, a notoriously strong fan base. So I assume that it was loud. But my my guess is the players felt like it wasn't quite as loud as Sacramento. Well, you nailed the last thing. So I'm going to I'm going to oversimplify this. Right. We weren't there. Um, but the three things that go into an amazing playoff crowd and I'm kind of proud of myself. I just came up with this here on the fly. Shirts, seats, sound. Right. So let's go backwards. Sound. How loud you are. Definitely the most important. Can I tell you for sure, you know, without the decibel meter on my screen? No, they seem loud, but I don't know. But those other two. OK, going up seats, shirts, seats. I would say we were at about 75% capacity when the game started and about 65% capacity at the beginning of the half. We, I mean, obviously it was a sellout. I just mean people being actually in their seats when play started. That's some unacceptable shit. And the shirts, when they give you a free shirt, put it on. I think that percentage was like 40%, man. You know, we, they did not, they refused to participate in that way. So I, you know, B, maybe solid B. We got the win. They provided the energy, but the, I, I wanted to see this like vibrant wall of unified people. You know, one giant block of yellow screaming fans. And, you know, we had the screaming, but that giant block was missing, if that makes any sense. It does. And it's, it, I think the shirts have become more of a novelty than something that, you know, it was like, yeah. oh, you know, something cool now that every arena does it. Um, but what I, I'd like to see a coordinated chant similar to either college basketball or um, Premier League, like that there are certain songs and chants that are just, um, you know, like owned by the by the home team. And, you know, they've been there for years and decades and you know however long so um i think those kind of things would are the next evolution of fandom in terms of giving an advantage like it's no longer you know you you deck out the entire crowd in a single color like that's kind of it's been there done that so i would like to see you know like chants that are in and coordinated um cheers because i think those are things that do have an effect and do give a little bit different type of energy to the game. Let's get like a chant coordinator, you know, somebody who's exceptionally clever um, and can come up with little nasty things we can say about the other team. One thing I've always thought they should do, and it would be super hard to organize this, but on opposing teams, free throws have occasions where you're literally just silent all the way through. And then sometimes silent and you only scream on the second one or sometimes silent and you scream right at the end of the first one, but you keep them worried jumpy you know as opposed to just the the consistent wall that uh that makes sense let's go to our second question gentlemen what changed so i'll uh, let you take this one first man we had uh two games in sacramento that were a little soul-sucking why has this series changed now and don't focus to make it to make it forward looking right not just why they won game three 
why do you think Warrior fans can believe, you know, this is a new series? Game four might be ours as well. I mean, looking forward. Yeah. So I think it's two things. One, I think the the referee whistle was a little bit more balanced. I mean, we were, it, we were at the point where, and we sent out an Instagram post about it, where JJ Redick is calling out the referees and saying, like, if this series is going to be a series, then the referees have to call it more consistently and in favor of the Warriors. And he called out specific examples of Sabonis crashing into Looney and, you know, holding Draymond and other plays besides the one where he stomped on Sabonis. So um, I think stepped, stepped. We will not use the word stomped. (laughs) Gently tiptoed. Yes. I think it's moving forward. If the, the referees aren't as big of a part of the game and they just call it evenly if it's balanced, you know, like one way or the other, if it's a tight game, then it's tight both ways. If it's a loose game, then it's loose both ways, whatever it is, just consistency. And then I think this, the shooting for the Kings regressing back to the mean again, having Davion Mitchell, the dancing bear threes is, is not normal. You know, like when you look at their bench, I know they're, you know, they're the highest rated offense in league history, but to me, coming off the bench with Trey Lyles and Davion Mitchell, or if he starts and then you have Kevin Herter and, uh, you know, like Keegan Murray, who's, who's um, a rookie. rookie. I think our bench is deeper and um, you know, like they're, they're just not going to hopefully shoot it as well as they did when they were at home. Maybe they do. And that's kind of par for the course for our defense this year. So that's got me a little worried is can we steal one where they don't shoot well at home, but uh, warriors on the road teams have shot, you know, like a crazy high three point percentage. So that makes sense, but I'm just assuming they'll have one off game again, like they did in game three and we'll steal it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go ahead and assume that Malik Monk is going to average a thousand points on eighty percent shooting in every game. I mean, they, they had a lot of space to fall back to earth. And I'll tell you another thing that's changed, at least in my mind. I think that Draymond ejection has galvanized the team. We we all year we've been looking for some reason, some wake up call, some switch pressing event that that got the champs out of their slumber. And I think we've seen it. And I'll tell you what made me think that it wasn't wasn't just the urgency they played with. It wasn't just the win. It was afterwards. They got a quote from Steph talking about the Draymond ejection. And so, you know, Dumars came out and explained that one of the things, maybe the principal thing the league considered in ejecting great Draymond and suspending them was his prior acts, the past acts. And after the game, Steph said, you know, they said that Draymond has a history. So do we. They say, you know, Draymond's got a history. So do we. So we, we know how to bounce back. And it was such a sweet fuck you and such a godfather-like thing to say that I feel like this team now has their rallying cry and Sacramento is screwed. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When we recorded last, Draymond hadn't been uh, hadn't been suspended yet. But let me offer this: that ejection, specifically the exp- the suspension, is complete bullshit. Uh, sports leagues, like societies, need universal rules rules that are applied objectively and the same way to fucking everyone. I don't know how many suspensions there have been in the history of the NBA. I have no idea. You know, let's say it's been five hundred. Never in 500 prior suspensions have they ever looked to prior acts to suspend somebody. And so they invented a rule to suspend a key player in a must-win game. Bullshit is what I say to that. But, you know, it looks like they, they woke a sleeping dog, so I'm on an upside on it. What was your, what was your takeaway from the Draymond suspension? Man? Justified? I mean, you're over there talking about stomped, so who knows where you are. <laughs> no, I think it was completely unjustified as well. I was very upset at Joe Dumars and felt like Draymond had a legitimate bone to pick. And then you hear that he and Joe Dumars are close, probably because of the Detroit and Michigan ties, um, which made it even more puzzling. But um, yeah, it's complete bullshit. It was unfair. You can't look back. Like Draymond said, I got suspended for something I did seven years ago, um, which wow. is, you know, just it's it's unfair. And then you look at around the league, if you're going to, they suspended Draymond for that um, punch when, when LeBron stepped over him and, and Draymond didn't like it. Um, MB did the exact same thing to Nick Claxton in their series in the 76ers versus the Nets, you know, in their, in game three. That's and, his worse. Yeah, I mean, and was, no, him, you know, like, and yes. it was way, way worse. Yeah. And he didn't get suspended. So the the fact that Joe Dumars looked at that and didn't say anything, it's like, okay, to your point, it's just, it's biased and it's unfair. And it's, it's one of those things that hurts the credibility of the league, in my opinion, because you have other players like Dane Lillard and, you know, he's from Oakland and he's friends with Draymond. So you take that the grain of salt, but you know, you have other players step in and being like, not only should he not been suspended, I didn't even think he should have been ejected from the game. Like, you know, like that was Sabonis doing that. Like, where is he supposed to land his foot? Like, yes, he's supposed yes. to hurt himself because of Sabonis saying, oh, I was trying to protect myself because I got, you know, hit in the jaw earlier. It's like, you got hit in the jaw earlier by accident. You did. You put your face down and Steph's leg was going up. That wasn't like intentional. Like, oh, Draymond threw an elbow. Like, it's part no, of the they game. Wa- they apparently wanted Draymond to levitate. But here, mm-hmm. reason number four billion why the internet is undefeated. I, I saw something yesterday where 
they had gone through both careers or both players' careers with a fine-tooth comb. And, you know, Embiid's been in the league less than Draymond has. But it turns out that uh, Embiid has more flagrant fouls over the course of his career than Draymond does. So where the hell were those prior pass acts when you were thinking about that? Even with this new rule you've created, you're not applying it objectively. So, you know, it's ridiculous. It's behind us now. But we at least had to comment on it. Next question, Matt. Most important player for each team in uh, game four. I'll take this one first. Steph on the Warrior side. I wanted to be cute. You know, I wanted to tell you it had to be Dante or Jordan Poole because they need that push from the bench. But I'm sticking by what I said. Steph Curry is going to be the best player on that floor. And if he really shows that to the world again, I think we'll be okay on the other side of the ball. Kind of a weird one. Kevin Herter. Um, I, the, the Kings spacing has been weird. They love this, this dribble handoff move. They, they roll with Sabonis. And what we have been doing is giving Sabonis as much space as possible. Um, and he normally would dump that off to Herter, who has not been making the shots. So I think if Herter finds himself, if those those scores or, or that shooting returns anywhere near to the mean, it'll give them a much better shot. Uh, but I still think the Warriors win this game, and I think they win it comfortably. I'm saying Warriors by eight. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think most important player for us is Clay. I think he needs a, a bigger game, not a game six Clay type of game, but um, just something that gets his confidence going. Um, and sees him score, you know, 30 or more. And then for the Kings, I think the X factor is Malik Monk again. As long as he's quiet, they, you know, they're they're a much quieter team for some reason. Even though Harrison Barnes is good and he, you know, scores and, and does a lot of the little things, it's it's always still quiet. Like, it's never like, oh, man, Harrison Barnes is dominating, just a great player. He's just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, like he's keeping it close. So um, He's a senator. Exactly. But when Malik Monk is going off, you're just like, okay, this dude is hot and anything he's throwing up is going in. So um, I I agree. He's similar to Herter in that in that point. Um, If we can keep both of those two to a a low game and and a little off their mark, then I think we'll we'll win. Um, I'm going to go double digits. I think we win by 11. Yeah, I like I mean, I've been saying all postseason that really why I thought the Warriors could beat the Kings is that the Kings were a great story, but they've never really faced any adversity in the playoffs having had zero resume. Well, they just had their first punch to the mouth and I think they're going to have some trouble getting off the mat. Um, All right. To our last question. And it's a, a judgment theater and it comes from me. So just last night, I went to the Giants game. Um, I brought my wife. I brought my seven-year-old. And my seven-year-old brought a friend, which we had never done, which is his own thing. It's fine. Sitting there, Giants aren't very good, so it's a fairly empty stadium. And I look off to my right, and about four seats to my right is Patrick Baldwin Jr., uh, PBJ, sitting there with another friend. And no one's recognizing him. Nobody has made the connection that this guy is a warrior. Uh, and so it's there. I see that. What happens, MC? What did I do? Did I go talk to him? Did I let him spend the night without anybody, you know, bothering him? What do you, how do you think it played out? I think you sent him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich from one of the ushers. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, I think you, uh, I think you made eye contact and just gave him the head nod, but then let him enjoy his night. <laughs> All right. Great guess. So desperately look first, I texted KP 
a picture of him saying, Hey, look, look who I'm sitting next to. I'm not sure really what I wanted to get out of that. <laughs> then I decided, um, you know, just, just let him go. It's just as you're saying, let him enjoy his night. But also I'm kind of an introvert and the idea of having to go over there and, and tap dance, and be like, Hey, I have a podcast or something. You know, I'm, I'm not even sure how that conversation would go, but then people weren't paying attention to him and they put Brock Purdy up on the screen who was apparently there as well. And everybody you know, through this huge party. And if I was PBJ, and I brought a friend to the game, I'd want to be noticed. You know what I mean? Like I'd, I'd want a few people to come by and say something because my friend's there and it would make me look better. So, and I'm kind of proud of this move. What I did was I turned to my daughter, um, Kylie, and I said, sweetie, do you see that guy over there? See the guy in the shorts? That guy plays for the Warriors. And she goes, really? And I said it loud enough where everyone around us also noticed it. And he didn't, nobody went over, but you know, he got some looks and a couple of pictures. So I was, uh, I was proud of it. Um, let me see for you. I, the only way you would interact with him is if like the bathroom thing happened where he walked by you and you had to stand up and now you're literally, you know, like nose to nose. I can see you being like good game, uh, last night or, you know, take him down just like, some quick acknowledgement that I know who you are and I'm a fan, but I'm not going to bother you without that happening, without like literally that interaction coming into your lap. I think you just let it go. What's the truth? Um, yeah, I, I let it go. I'm, I'm not big on like those kind of moments where you just call out the celebrity or well-known person. Um, I think it was a great call to involve uh, your daughter. That's a smooth way to bring attention to it, but it still seems like a classy way. So uh, this, that was a great call. I'm probably still in that situation. Really appreciate um, that. If I needed to say something, I probably just would have said, acknowledged him like warriors and six and then, you know, give him that yeah. nod. But um, yeah. if a question for setting the stage too, you said he's with a friend. Is this like a friend, like a date friend, or is it one of his boys? No, dude. That yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. It looked it looked like one of his boyfriends. Um, then yeah, then I don't say anything. If he's if you know if he's trying to impress somebody and he's on a date, then you know maybe I I say something just to give him some love and be like, oh yeah, you're you're with a a well known superstar. <laughs> I once same seats. I went and Rob Nen, the old Giants closer, sitting behind us. And he was with what I assume with his son and his son was not giving a fuck, was not paying attention, did not care at all. You could tell it's kind of bothering Nan and I've never made a bigger deal. I was like, you're the, the best pitcher I've ever seen in my life. And <laughs> I'm, uh, I continue to be kind of proud of that one too. You know what KP suggested? She said, go over and say, I thought you'd be a Brewers fan. I feel like a little aggressive, a little stalkery, right? Because he's from Milwaukee, but it's like, it's almost like, not only do I know you, I know where you're from. And I've been thinking about this for hell of long, which is all true, but I don't know if I wanted to admit that. Yeah, that's way too aggressive. <laughs> Tell KP that part of that, her natural reaction is part of why we have these dating sessions. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you tell her that. Um, and I... <laughs> I won't tell my Shout out KP. What's up, KP? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stop poisoning the people you're renting your house to. Um, all right. I, I would tell my Baron Davis story here, but we're a little, already a little bit long. So I'll keep that in pocket. Instead, I will say, if you want to get us an email, let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job. You can get us a question for the Golden Question segment. You can send that to huddle at warriorshuddle.com. Our social media presence is uh, established and growing. We are on Twitter. That's at Warriors Huddle. And T, where's the Instagram? At Warriors Huddle. 
Boom. That's his. With that in mind, go Warriors F the Kings. And hopefully we'll see you around. Good, good. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.